And welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Smith, and I have a special guest today for you guys from the Nun Report, none other than Dan Nunn himself. And boy, do we cover everything from election fraud to the House spending bill, uh, the Freedom Caucus, Ukraine, Russia, uh, the impeachment, you name it, we went through it. What an insightful conversation. What a great time we had. I think you guys are going to enjoy yourself, but let's get right into the show. we got a lot we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about most all of the current events, uh, government shutdown, Freedom Caucus, the border, uh, all things which are affecting us currently right now, all of the... Um, News reports everywhere uh, are kind of shining a different kind of light on this government shutdown thing. Uh, The point of view on this is, one, I feel like they're trying to uh, strong arm everyone into believing that what Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus are doing are uh, essentially strong arming the government and uh, into a shutdown uh, out of spite or hatred for Kevin McCarthy. Uh, something like this. I, what's your take on this? Well, I mean, somebody has to do it. They, they can uh, they can blame them all they want. It's it's a thing that is, is quite obviously a smear job from the left and also from a bunch of schmarmy uh, Republicans that have you know they want to just cave and, and we've we've been caving time and time again. In fact, even since Biden became president, all we've done is cave into whatever they want, giving them trillions and trillions of dollars to spend on a bunch of green BS and other things, and uh, it's. It's ridiculous, and at some point it has to end. We simply can't afford to continue to spend money the way that we are, especially in the wasteful ways that it's being spent. I think most of us don't mind paying taxes as long as the government is being a good steward of our money, and right now they're not. Um, you know, we have another war that we're in for as long as it takes. We have all kinds of social expenditures going on. We have the Green New Deal, which is just basically the government subsidizing a bunch of green energy companies, and we saw we saw with Solyndra and Obama what happens when the government gets involved in things like that. It eventually fails. So, so somebody's got to do it. And if they want to call Matt Gates a strong arm, I've, I've met Matt. I, I, I emceed an event. He came out here in Washington with uh, uh, with one of our American First candidates, Joe Kent, who's trying to get into Congress for the second time. And uh, and great guy. I mean, he, he's real. He is what you get. He's super smart. He's super fast. And uh, and that's. That's, That's what, what we need. If they, they want to call him the strong arm tactics, fine. That's, That's what they need. Well, he did that interview on Fox with Maria. And, um, I mean, quite frankly, I, I believe he handed her ass to her right in the interview. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> they expect people to have the answers. They think that they can, you know, somehow steamroll guys like that. And they're just too quick and too smart. And they're, they're too knowledgeable because they know every single thing. That they're not, they're not fakers. They're not phonies. They're going to go around and fumble around at the microphone like an That's AOC right. does or, or, or somebody right. like that. They're not, they don't just have talking points. They have brains and they have, they can articulate their points in a way that gets across. And they try to, you know, get them in a gotcha moment or, or steamroll them. And, and of course, they just make them look foolish. Yeah. I mean, they, she dropped a few one liners on him and, uh, he, he, he just continually uh, just reminded her, hey, when we when we decided that we were going to put this guy in the position that he's in, he made some concessions. 
he made some agreements and some promises that were contingent upon him being the speaker and he's breaking those promises yeah and and i believe that the main one that that i heard that he explained to me i thought i mean should have been the way it should have always been Anytime they introduce a bill, the items on the bill each should receive their own up-down vote so that they don't earmark or hide spending inside of a bill so we don't end up uh, funding gender studies in Afghanistan and things like this to the tunes of millions of dollars that just don't need to be spent. Yeah, and that's what they've always done is you know all these pork barrel, barrel bills that they put out there with all everybody's pet projects and um, and, and that's of course why the, the government shutdown is going to happen because the Democrats are insisting on putting things in the bill that we should not be spending money on right now. One of them being Ukraine, while at the same time not wanting to commit any, any funds to the border other than bringing in people faster and processing them faster. And um, so, yeah, line item, you need to have individual votes for sure on anything that's, that's being spent. And, you know, if we did that one thing and combine that with term limits, that would fix this country in a heartbeat. But, of course, they're never going to vote themselves out of jobs. So at some point in the future, I hope we would get a convention of states and put term limits in place for Congress, uh, as they should be. I mean, um, I mean, we just had a senator die as a, who's been in there forever, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and she, she caused a wreak havoc forever. You know, God bless her soul, I guess. But um, hopefully she knows God or she's not going to have a lot of fun. Have you noticed the ever-alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. From Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries, this will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I was torn. I was like, I mean, as a Christian man, I, I didn't want to speak ill of the dead. Right. I mean, we just, I, I didn't want to do it. I mean, but the, the obviously her legacy is a legacy of communism is, is a, I mean, it, it, it's maybe under the guise of democracy, but that's what they do. They're Marxists. They're leftists. The, the, I'd often stated that the democratic party, as well as the Republican party need to be split up. Because you got guys like Matt Gates, right? You got guys like Matt Gates, MTG, uh, Byron Donald. You got a lot of these, Jim Jordan, uh, James Comer, and others, right? Uh, and we will disagree with one another as Republicans, as conservatives. We'll disagree. I watched Matt Gates in that same interview we were just talking about saying, I love my mentor and friend, Jim Jordan, but he's wrong. And go at, and, and literally have a debate, a, a debate of ideas. The, the left doesn't do that. They don't police their own. They don't care what their own do. I often bring up this um, uh, thing that happened back in the day. Do you remember Lois Craig? Yes. Okay. Do you remember what happened with Lois Craig? Yeah, go ahead. He, 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 uh, he solicited sex from a, a man in, in, in an mm -hmm. airport bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And then like decided. Like the toilet stall, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then when they said, hey, you should, you should resign, he says, ah, sounds like a good idea, but I don't think I'll do that. 
<laughs> no, is- and, and the thing, well, so like you said, I mean, Matt Gates and Jim Jordan, they can disagree on things, and they can agree to disagree, and they both are very strong uh, men with strong opinions. And then you look at uh, the Democrat Party, you want to talk strong-arming, Nancy Pelosi will strong-arm that entire caucus to vote the way that she wants them to vote, whether they, they don't vote their conscience, they vote whatever the leadership tells them to. The, the Republican Party does not do that. They have, they're a little bit fractured. Sometimes I think that they need to, you know, circle wagons. And I hope that once we have the eventual nominee, which I think will be Donald Trump, that they will circle the wagons, that everybody can get behind the candidate. Because if we don't, and if they decide to steer voters in a different direction, if they decide to go for a third party candidate, or God forbid, a socialist like RFK Jr., then, um, you know, a vote for anybody other than Donald Trump is a vote for communism. That's exactly right. And and I said that. I mean, I, I was a vivid guy, right? I mean, lightly, right? I, I took up for the guy. I, I know a lot of people were trying to say he's in in, Soro, uh, in, in the Soros camp. He's in all this. But I, I found none of that to actually be true when actually doing the research. However. Yeah, you know. The, go ahead. Go ahead. Vivek is, uh, he gives me, you know, it, it bothers me when people won't give him a voice at the table because he's a super smart guy. He's been extremely successful in his life. He's very well educated. I, when I hear people give excuses like, Oh, he's too articulate. He's too smooth. Since when is that a bad thing? Since when is being handsome and articulate and well-spoken and able to get a point across a bad thing? I think that's a good thing. Of course, there's a, you know, people have a bad taste in their mouth because Obama was a smooth talker, but it's about the content. And when you look at the vague, he's saying everything that Trump does and yeah, he's not going to be our 2024 guy, but he gives me hope for the future of the America First Movement because the America First Movement is about more than Donald Trump. It's not one man. The America First Movement is about the American people. It's about you. It's about me. It's about others. Right. You know, everyone out there listening. And, and I mean, in this day and age, there is no neutrality. Uh, we're losing our freedoms by the day. I mean, I think Joe just yesterday tried to take away our water heaters. Um, yeah. Gas furnaces or something to that nature. I mean, it's getting it's getting pretty pretty um, pretty bad. I mean, the things they're doing are overreaches of power. The the freedoms that we have enjoyed forever are just going away. Uh, they're creating a culture of lawlessness and then defending the criminals as if they are the new victim class. And uh, it's it's sad when you see the mayor of Chicago. Um, well, uh, hell, um, th- there was a national case uh, of a of a young man named. Uh, Timothy Reynolds, and um, he was a, one of my best friends. We grew up together. We played wiffle ball in the park together. Uh, and, and the best man at my wedding, he, he lived at his house. I mean, we were like family. Uh, and his murder made national news because what had happened was these, uh, what we call squeegee kids in Baltimore, where I'm originally from. You pull up to a, a red light or something like this, and these kids run up to your car and try to squeeze you the window and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, which is, you know, back in the, it was a respectable way of go out and earn it a buck. But what these guys do is they strong arm people. When the guy, when my friend told him basically, no, don't, they, instead of uh, respecting his decision not to allow them to, you know, clean his windshield, they broke his windshield wiper. And, and uh, so he gets out of the car. There's like four or five of them. So he gets out of the car with a small bat, which is, you know, damn, what I would do too. Um, and, when he's walking back to his car, they, they, they try to jump him. And uh, when he turned around to defend himself, the youngest one being 14, shot him in the back of the head five times. Oh, man. And we have it on video. 
and he's the hardest damn thing for me to watch. But uh, we'll be doing that podcast soon too because the trial's over now. We didn't want to do it while the trial was uh, right. right because we didn't want anyone to say anything that might uh, hurt the case. But I mean, when you hear when you heard the news coverage of this, they made that kid who murdered someone in cold blood sound like a victim, and it really upset. Oh, yeah. It really upset me. Yeah, and how they went at it. And, and people need to be, you know, I mean, it's definitely something to be mindful of. I mean, uh, if you've got a, a CPL you carry, that's fine. You want to defend yourself in your home, you know, by all means do so. I do. Having said that, you know, be warned, you might be the one that ends up getting put on trial uh, for defending yourself, your property, and your family. And it's, and it's just disgusting. You look at what's going on. Um, the, the, the violence, it seems like it just goes from zero to 60 like that. There is no, there is no you know, steps of escalation, these, these kids and these, you know, primarily inner cities, and you know, let's be honest, and you look at them, how they, they're, you know, beating people down, even in school, you know, you'll get four or five guys just pummeling a, a, a man half to death, and then, uh, you know, looting the stores like they are, you have CVSs and Targets leaving inner cities across the country because they just can't stay in business with the crime that's going on. And it comes from, of course, the, the socialist, the extreme common Democrat policies of, of, of allowing them to do things like that without consequence. You know, it's a permissive society that, in my opinion, is meant to sow chaos. And I've talked about this a lot on my shows because I really think that you can't, you can't get things this screwed up by accident. I think that you have to. There, there is a design to it, and in my opinion, I think it's much more nefarious than a lot of people think. Call me a wacko, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I think if they can sow enough chaos with a large enough portion of the population, they can literally get a population to beg for a dictatorship just to bring the stability that they desire. And, and that's scary. It's happened throughout history. We don't have to look very far back to see how this has happened. In society after society after society, society, once the politicians and the people in power gain so much control, now we're going after our political, you, know, you have a, a regime in power that's going after their political opposition, the attorneys of their political opposition, and where does that go next? I can tell you exactly where it goes. It goes to the same place it always does, and, and that is to a, a one-party system, a dictatorship, a totalitarian regime, where you either toe the line and do what we say you're going to do, or we're going to put you down. It's about intimidation. And, and they're going to do it in and, the name of safety. Like, yeah, and they'll, they'll, do, they'll, they'll create the problem, and then and then they'll bring in the answer and provide stability, and everybody will thank them for it. Well, the extreme coast, both uh, in L.A. and in New York, uh, you're seeing this happen currently. And what you're seeing is the taxpayers uh, leave the those places. The people that actually, you know, have lives and go to work and pay taxes. They're, they're not staying in those places. They're moving out in no. droves. They're leaving in droves. It, and so what you have left are the or, are, are those actors that are just, you know, it, it, tearing everything down, causing chaos and disorganization and dysfunction. And then what happens when you have no one in those areas but that, and that is your voting base, and they have no income and they have no means or ways to, to make it in life, you know, this is where your universal basic income comes in, and this is where the government steps in, and they can garner more power because a government big enough to give you everything you need is a government big enough to take everything you have. 
so totally. Absolutely. And, and, and they're, they're doing, doing it in a, not just to, to the population, but they're doing it to institutions as well. It started, it's been going on for a while, the calling of all the patriots that are in the institutions, whether it's the military or law enforcement or, or even government, where and, and then escalated with COVID. Look, get the vaccine or you're out. Get the vaccine or you're so a lot of people chose early retirement. These are the people who believe in freedom of choice and, and are true patriots. And so who's, who's left? You know, you have all these people who got fired because they wouldn't take the jab, or they took early retirement, or they just moved somewhere else and got a job somewhere else. So then you end up with these institutions that are full of all these, uh, all these, all these pussies, for lack of a better term, that will just go ahead and do whatever the communists want to do. They're useful idiots. And they, uh, and it's, it's, it's a real problem, especially with our military. Why do they, why do they think it's recruitment numbers are down, right? Yeah, and this so what are they going to do? Institute a draft just to be able to defend this country? That's not going to fly, right? If Well, they, they, they tried to, well, the military was decimated under Obama. I mean, more almost 40% of the people in the Navy mm-hmm. were d- dismissed, and, and they were they were discharged. And so here comes Trump having to rebuild, uh, fill the coffers again, rebuild the military, uh, and in the process, it cost them quite a bit to do it in defense spending to do it. And then this is the number one thing they try to use to attack him. He spent $7 trillion. Uh, yeah, but do you understand what he had to fix? Everyone else was arming up, and Obama was disarming. Yeah. I mean, he, he was running around. I mean, his, his Obama, I believe, is one of the biggest reasons that we're at even in this conflict in Ukraine. Because he went oh, over definitely. There I mean, that's where it started, of course, and that's when, I mean, when they, they took Crimea in uh, 2014, I think it was, um, it, without any consequence, it was like, of course they're going to do this. And, and then uh, and then we went back on our word. I mean, we have, we carry some blame on this as well. In, in that, a word we shouldn't have made. A promise we shouldn't yeah, you, you Ukraine's supposed to be a buffer zone between NATO and Russia. That was the deal. That was the deal of... of, of disarming them from their nuclear weapons and, and having that state there, but it's now just become the laundromat of the, of the political elite. And it's, it's sad, man. And, and it's, it's the cost of the blood of a nation. When you look at half a million people dead, women and children being raped, tortured, and slaughtered on a daily basis. You know what? A lot of Eastern Ukraine wants to be Russia. Let them, in my opinion, you know, if that's what it takes to stop the slaughter of all these people and the blood of a nation from being spilled, fine, go be Russia. And let's have a treaty that's, that's going to, to, to stop this permanently. And, you know, we're not going to try to bring Ukraine into NATO. We're going to follow through on our promise. And you guys stay on your side of the line. It's not that hard. That's it. We, we came a thousand miles plus closer than what we said we'd go uh, with mm-hmm. NATO. And we also put a missile defense system in Poland. Uh, so when you, when you couple that with the fact that the people in the Donbass region, like you said, they believe they're Russian. And as a result, the Ukrainian military went in and was slaughtering their own people. They were killing their own folks. And then here comes Putin. And, I mean, you, you people don't want to see it like that. And they don't even want to say it like that because they don't want to be made out to be Putin sympathizers. And no, right. one, no one sympathizes with this guy. He's a, he's a cal- cold, calculated murderer. He's, he's a maniac. maniac. I think he's, he's insane, insane, actually. But but I tell you this much. He's, he's smart. Anyone who doesn't think so is sleeping at the wheel. But Zelensky, I don't believe, is any different. Outlawing his political opponents and political parties, everyone who opposed him is in prison now. And then when you take a look at the people who financed him to get where he's at today, 
Uh, they're the same people that were sending millions of dollars to the Bidens. And I'm talking about Igor Kolomoisky. Um, all these people were the same exact people. So I, I'll give you I'll give you this uh, scenario. Zelensky worked for Igor Kolomoisky. He owned the TV network where he acted. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then it, it, some years later, Trump gets elected. Zelensky's now a president and they have this infamous conversation where this quid pro quo supposedly takes place. Trump asked about the uh, Trump asked simply asked about the situation, what happened uh, with, with the prosecutor, this sort of, but not in not in the context of a quid pro quo, not like the not like Biden did on more than one occasion. It was uh, a perfect phone call. Just ask Trump. It was, but then what happened was Zelensky was put in the position to turn on the guy who got him elected, right? So he's like, investigate mm -hmm. this. Hey, where's their corruption in this area? Whatever, right? Uh, so Zelensky's here. He's between a rock and a hard place because here's the guy who gets him elected. Here's the guy who literally owns Burisma Holdings and Pravat Bank who's sending all the money to Biden, Inc. and are the source of a lot of those SAR reports. So yeah. I believed for the longest time, and I still do, that Zelensky was uh, the cause of that whistleblower report where there was supposedly a whistleblower that said uh, there was a quid pro quo or, or at least a request for said quid pro quo but the 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 thing that's getting me and like you said i think it's more nefarious the things that we see going on are more nefarious than what anybody wants to realize because you have the free press out there supposed free press um constantly saying there's no evidence no evidence no evidence and the fact that they're saying there's no evidence is the biggest evidence of all that they are not the free press that they yeah. are taking orders yeah, I mean, and, and you know, we covered. I mean, there's a lot of ground there. I mean, we first, yeah, we, we backed the bear into a corner. Is what we did. We drove them right to China's arms. Um, now you have uh, you have an axis, a new axis of evil, which is basically Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran, and and and, and they're 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 trading on, on the yuan, you know, for oil and things like that. And if we lose the the, the petrodollar, man, we're we're done. I mean, that, that is that is what makes America work. Unfortunately, that's that's how it is. Um, and and Vic is is right on. He says, "Man, we need to approach Russia in a way that will bring them away from China and back into a, into the civilized world, basically." But you know, they, they're desperate. We backed them into a corner. The sanctions didn't work. In fact, the sanctions and, and the energy policies of the Biden administration have benefited them because who's making money? Who's we're financing Ukraine with the U.S. tax dollar. And we're also financing the Russian military with increased energy prices based off of the Biden's policies. And it's it's a it's a sad thing. And the corruption of Ukraine, like I said, I mean, it's not we're not defending democracy. That that's that's ridiculous. Anybody who says that is a complete moron. We're we're not defending democracy. We're defending a corrupt what is now a dictatorship. They've suspended elections, as you said. They're arresting their political opponents. They're shutting down churches. They're they've limited their media to one outlet. Which is a state media, basically, and they turned into Russia. And yeah, it's no different. There are no different. They are Russia light, is what I like to say. And so, why are we defending them? This is it's obviously about what it's what it's always about, and that's money, right? And feeding the military-industrial complex and and the lobbyists that will then go out and get from the politicians what they need. It's uh, it's sad, and you and you brought up the the press in, in this. In this country, I mean, absolutely, they're they look ridiculous. And, and I like I watch Dan Bongino a lot. 
Um, he, he's one of the rock stars. And that's why I love what we do and what he does and what so many patriots are doing. And that is an independent press and getting information out there in an unbiased and unfiltered format and then let people think for themselves. And what, uh, what he always says is the press, he, he jokes about, you know, how do you people live with yourself? You have children. You go out there and lie daily. Aren't you, aren't you concerned that your family's going to be embarrassed and think you're ridiculous? And, and it's true because they do. They just get their talking points. You've seen the, the super clips that people put together where the, where the media gets their talking point from, from the White House. And then they all say the exact same thing, word for word. It's unbelievable. And when I, when I see those super clips, I'm like, how can anybody see this? And then just, you know, nod their heads and, and think everything is okay because it's not. Well, there was, and without the risk of sounding conspiratorial, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Project Mockingbird, right? Project Mockingbird was a CIA op where in the 60s they d- determined to infiltrate the free press. And they believed that if they continually said the same lie, which was right out of the Communist Manifesto as well, uh, that if you just keep repeating the same lie, that people eventually will buy it as if it's true. Um, they said they got rid of, you know, that they that they exposed the program, that it, that it went away. But then you'll find that a lot of the people that are in our press currently um, are were either interns or worked at the CIA before coming to become news anchors like Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper. When I tell people that they they're really like blown away, like Anderson Cooper was worked at the CIA before he went to uh, CNN. No, 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 you're making that up. Alexa, has Anderson Cooper worked at the CIA? Anderson Cooper is an author, a host, a journalist, a model, a newscaster, a performer, a television presenter, a TV host, a TV show host, wow. and a writer. He is employed by ABC News from 1990. Alexa, quit. <laughs> Usually she oh, just yeah. tells me, but. Yeah, he he was a he was a CIA uh, he was a CIA guy prior to becoming a news anchor at CNN. Um, well, well, just look, look at all the uh, former intelligence people that have infiltrated social media, and, and you know, social media, uh, like it or not, it is the public square. It is where people go to get information and to spread information, and and there is definitely a faction of uh, foreign operations that happen within the realm of social media that do oh, spread real mis- misinformation. That does happen. Yeah. Um, where, but, where you just tie in a few lies into the truth. Um, I, I believe yeah. they did that with the Q movement, right? So I'm not a, I'm not that guy. I don't buy in. Ridiculous. What the hell was that? They, they, they tried to do what they, what they did was they took a bunch of things that were actually true. And then they filled in all of these weird conspiracy theories surrounding yeah. it. So that if you cited any one of those truths that are buried in the middle of it, you sound like, you know, just an absolute idiot for even, you know, for citing that truth. But that's part of the PSYOP. That's exactly yeah. that's it's, it's part of the PSYOP. Now, I want to play a clip for you. And um, <laughs> this is, is what we say. They continually tell us what there's no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. But here is a phone call made from Biden to Hunter, two phone calls. In fact, and I think these phone calls, just this phone call enough is damning uh, beyond anything that they even presented the other day in the inquiry. This phone call should have been enough. Listen. Hey, pal, it's dead. Look, uh, I don't think they're going 
get off my ass about these documents. I know that there's at least, I want to say, five more places that I can remember that they are. Listen, use the red cell phone. Call up Barack and Michelle. Tell them Operation Crash and Burn is to go. Do this immediately, please. All right, love you now. Bye. Yeah, the red cell phone. That's a secure uh, cell phone that's um, it has a. They have red lines on the back of them. They're a lot thicker than regulars. They don't have a camera or anything, and they are, uh, you know, that they're, they're they have encryption, right? So that people can't can't track the calls and stuff. It's it's a secure form of communication. So it's interesting to use that term, um, and that's not the only one. Like you said, you you got another clip. I've heard several where where he is. It's totally incriminating. And then, you know, don't even talk about it. I mean, the laptop, you know, goodness, that, that is full of all sorts of incriminating evidence. Bob Alinsky, of course, and then all the SARS. Uh, the banks don't just do that. I mean, unless there's a real thing, they don't like to do that. It's not like, I mean, it creates more paperwork on their end. It's not something they want to do. And you have literally hundreds of these things, hundreds of these reports on the Biden family and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and all of their shell corporations. And um, shell corporations, by the way, which do absolutely nothing, that seems kind of like evidence to me. If, if you have all these companies that are laundering money that provide no service or product in return for that money, what was the service or product? Because they're not getting money for free. There's something being exchanged for that money, and I think it's information, and I think it's influence. There's, there's no Biden pillow. Uh, there's none of that kind of stuff going on. There's just... Owaska, Rosemont Seneca 1, Rosemont Seneca 2. I mean, they, they didn't mm -hmm. even get creative when they made the shell companies. They just made them 1, 2, 3, 4, and just named it the same company over and over again with a number after it. And then let's not forget the Rob Walker LLC that was created to be the buffer between the CEFC and the Biden family in which Biden family members, all the way down to the grandchildren, uh, received money from the Rob Walker LLC uh, uh, mm -hmm. firm moving CEFC money in. Um, and also we have a, uh, a phone call recorded where Hunter Biden calls and requests copies of, uh, office keys that are needed for, uh, Henry Zhao from the CEFC himself, his uncle Jim and his dad. So they're all sharing an office. Yeah. And so you really, you, you are the people still not understanding that why would Joe Biden need a key to said office if he was not involved in the business? Why did he meet with all these people at the White House that were all uh, business partners? Why did he yeah. write the uh, the uh, the referral to uh, for the college admissions for one of Hunter Biden's partners? Why are why is it that every whistleblower, uh, Gal Luft, for instance, right? So Gal Luft is going to come here and he's going to talk to the FBI, and he's mm -hmm. switching planes. And I believe it was uh, uh, Munich or something like that. And so, he, but he's coming to FB, to the FBI in the United States. It's not like he's running. He said, I'm coming your way. I'm going to testify all this. People have to know what the Bidens are up to. Yeah. And, you know, it's I'm not, we don't, need, we don't need to fool ourselves. I mean, there's never going to be any consequences as far as uh, any convictions or, or jail time, I don't think. But they could definitely, and I think, um, I'm starting to see more and more. I've been saying it for months, six or eight months, actually. I don't think Biden is going to be the nominee uh, for the Democrat Party. I think that they are doing a soft purge right now. When you start to see 
ABC and NBC and CNN and CBS start to talk, take these issues seriously and start to talk more and more about his age and about his corruption, about phone calls and all these things. And, you know, the fix is in. And so so he's going to be out. They're going to someone's going to have to have the talk with him at some point or someone's going to have to talk the talk with Jill. I don't know who that's going to be. Probably Obama. And and say, look, dude, you, you this is not this is not happening. You need to. And, and he'll step out at some point, I think, to take care of family matters or to take care of personal business or, or to or something or to enjoy my golden years. I, you know, they're going to provide him a soft landing. But um, and, and that's fine. It, I tell you, man, this election year is going to be insane. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen. Fasten your seatbelts, because I think we are going to see things happen that are going to make heads spin. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, when you see people like Chris Christie, uh, and I'm, I'm glad Asa, Asa jumped out of this race. I mean, what an embarrassment. Both of those guys, though, were on the same page and essentially stayed, well, I, I can't believe that we would normalize this behavior from Trump, that we would allow uh, uh, this type of behavior to be awarded, that he's, he's, a, he's a felon, he's this and he's that. And I'm like, jumping on the back of the indictments in which you already know are false, but for you to give to normal or give them any validity by making a statement like that when you are on this side of the aisle, if you really are, and mm-hmm. and and it just it just bothers me to know. And the same thing with DeSantis. Here's a guy. DeSantis is totally DeSantis is totally towing that line. He is right there saying, "Yep, the Trump was not elected, and he won't defend him. He won't." I mean, it's a uh, man. That guy is a snake. I'm not happy with him at all. I had high hopes for him when he. First came on the scene and what he was doing with the governorship of Florida. I thought, man, maybe this guy is the heir apparent to Trump. Now I just think he's another slime bag that we need to steer as far away from as possible. Just look at his donors. Just look at yeah. the people pushing him. And then look look at the look at the narrative he's telling. It isn't like I said, you the things that he did as being governor in, in Florida were all commendable, you know, and making sure China can't buy farmland, going at going at well sure. going after Disney, giving a parent uh a parent's uh bill of rights and all of these things that he's doing, getting getting rid of all the DEI practices in his state, CRT out of his schools, uh, the mask mandates, all that kind of stuff uh, gone. Yeah. But uh, and then you turn around and say, "Here's the guy who gets your job. Here's the guy you were you were going to lose that election. There's no doubt he wasn't going to win that election until Trump came came along and gave gave him his uh, blessing and, and and his endorsement, and then he gets him his job. And and this is how you repay him." He could have been the, the vice president. They, the ticket, the Trump DeSantis ticket would have been unbeatable. I mean, there would be no way in hell. So now what we're seeing are these um, agreements for uh, the governor of California uh, to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gavin Newsom, Newsom. to, yeah. uh, to uh, debate Ron DeSantis on the side. Like, like why, why are you doing that? What, what is the point? What are you trying to do? What they're trying to do is distract us and make us look at them like they are the two. It's a trick. It's mm-hmm. a trick. It's it's to get our division. Oh, this is who we're choosing between. Getting us talking about them because that starts the conversation. And that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to start the conversation. Take us back to the days of the establishment candidate where you believe there's a right and there's a left. But the, but the paradigm is just the only one that you see on TV. It's not real. Yeah. No, and the, and the big money donors that, I mean, some, they convinced him. They did some studies. They came in and they, they convinced us. I don't think DeSantis was originally going to run, but um, 
but they convinced him that he could and that he could win. And don't worry, man, because Trump is going to be in jail and he, he will be politically toxic by the time by the time the U.S. legal system is done with him with his 91 charges and four uh, four indictments. And um, but I think they underestimate the, the fortitude of Trump. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, will they convict him? Absolutely. Uh, and on, on many of the charges. But. But then they have to survive the appeals process. So when they start going up the line of the federal court system and eventually cases of this of, of this stature will land in the Supreme Court. And fortunately, the very the best thing Trump did was loaded our court systems, not just the Supreme Court, but throughout the country by appointing more judges than anybody. You know, Obama sat there for his last four years and left all kinds of positions open. A move I'm sure they regret deeply. But if you want to look at the legacy of Donald J. Trump, even if he's not elected again, is the way he changed the landscape of our court system, which will, which is really our last line of defense at this point, is the Supreme Court, right? If they if they start legislating from the bench, um, meaning if they if they stack the court system, right? They talked about it mm-hmm. quite often, and as a last result, as a last it is a last resort. As yes. a last resort, I, I believe they absolutely would not be opposed to throwing 14 or 15 judges over there uh, and, and doing just that. It, it's it's sad, but it, it doesn't, it, it, if people think that they're waiting for the revolution to, to start, like if they're waiting for this supposed head to head battle that they all talk about to take place. It's already started. It's all, we're in it. And I say that all the time. We're, we're in it. This is an information war. It's a battle for hearts and minds. And uh, if it only it only works if the people on the right, the silent majority, stop being silent. If you if you every time we're I don't care if you're a church, I don't care if you're a court, I don't care where you are. If someone on the other side of the aisle uh, it just it starts espousing all these just just all the dumbassery that they typically do at their point of view, um, you have to be there to counter it. No matter where it is, I don't care if you're out on the street. I don't care where you are. You have to be the guy that's going to stand up. We're, it, it, it's got to be intentional. It, it, evil is not going to retreat willingly. It has to be beaten back. No, there, there is a, uh, there is a, I believe, a ton of, of demonic activity that's active in this country right now. I believe that this is a battle for the soul of this nation and of the people in it. I think that a lot of these people that are out there just being saying really absurd, crazy things. Um, I think that a lot of them are possessed and, and people can call me crazy or whatever. I don't care. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. We, as, as conservatives and patriots, no more Mr. Nice guy, because right now there, unfortunately there is no, there is no middle ground anymore. Sides have been chosen and the battle has begun and we need to stop. Oh, you know, we need to take the high road. McCarthy's just as bad as a lot of those, uh, as some of those people in, in the Senate, the Republicans over there. And um, he, you know, we're going to take the high road. And we're not going to do that. We're not going to be mean. We're not going to impeach, you know, this and that. And, uh, and and BS, man, that's exactly what we need to do. And Matt Gates is absolutely right to toe the line and hold the line and strong arm them into being patriots and picking a side that sides with the American people and not with the deep state. And um, it's, it's, it, it's something we need to come to grips with and come to terms with that as Republicans, we've got to stop being quiet. We have got to speak out. As you said, we've got to point out the, the lunacy of the left 
every opportunity that we can and every time it's presented to us, right? Yeah, I mean, and you said it with the, just to go back to the religious aspect of what you said, um, I, I am, I'm, it, it's an absolute fact. They're, but they're trying to sneak all that worldliness and all that craziness that we're looking at from the LGBTQ movement, all that stuff. They're trying to put that into the church. And because once the church, the church is the last stone to fall, right? They, that, that, that's the one that's unwavering. That's why they don't like Christians. That's why they put the battery in the back of the trans movement. Well, unless you're a Lutheran, they don't care. <laughs> well, see, it, it's Lutheran and Methodist. So, yeah. Um, I, I actually uh, would have been secretly doing this little undercover investigation where I'm just acting like I'm somebody trying to figure out uh, what the Methodists are about, whether or not I want to go to the church. And I had started trading emails with the head of the Methodist church mm-hmm. and uh, dead to rights. I got him dead to rights. Yeah. I got him right in his own email where he's stating that in, from him to me. And he says that homosexuality is not a sin. And nor is that the position of the Methodist Church, and uh, we we will be going into the service actually tomorrow to film the service. Um, nice. And they 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 do these um, outlandish prayers where they say Jesus has two dads and wore a fabulous tunic, and they worship a non-binary God. They're creating their own version of Christianity, and so. I believe the long-term goal of this church is is to bring the secular world in, into the church and merge with the mega churches. Your Joe Olsteins, T.D. Jakes, and these styles of mega churches that are becoming more and more okay with the fact that you know LGBTQ movement and all these things. They've made many statements publicly. Uh, T.D. Jakes said his thoughts on the whole um, uh, LGBTQ thing is. There are they are evolved and evolving or his exact words um, because they're falling for all. You know, they're making friends with the world. That's that's exactly yeah. what it is. They're making friends with the world. Now, uh, I want to I want to play another clip for you where uh, we're going to detail the DOJ actually stepping in to the Biden investigation and literally saying that political figure number one is not to be investigated. So when people think we actually have a just government, I want them to remember this because this this is truly how messed up things are. And when Hunter Biden had his tax liability of over two million mysteriously paid for by a Democrat Party donor named Kevin Morris, who he barely knew, something IRS investigators saw as a possible campaign finance violation Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf said she did not want any of the agents to look into the allegation. Behind uh, on the board are notes Agent Chapley took from that meeting. He notes that Wolf told investigators that she was not, quote, personally interested in pursuing it. This is the same attorney Wolf who, in an email we released yesterday, responded to IRS investigators seeking approval for a search warrant with, quote, there should be nothing about political figure one in here. That being a reference by definition of Joe Biden. What There's no evidence. Of that? There's no evidence. No, no evidence. Here, wait, let's, let's do the no evidence marathon. Take a, take a look at this. Absolutely. At all. They have no evidence. Say it again. Yeah, they, they have no evidence. Archer did not provide any evidence connecting 
President Biden to his son's business dealing. He was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that that illustrates that he knew me. In the, in the rear view, it's uh, it's a it's an abuse of soft power. I'd say. Has any of them once provided evidence of what they are claiming? Well, not anything other than circumstantial evidence. The National Archives allegedly has 5,400 emails showing then-Vice President Biden using phony names to communicate government information to his son, Hunter. They don't appear to have direct evidence linking him to his son, Hunter. Republicans have no evidence. Can I just say evidence of, of, of what? Records released from the National Archives show Hunter Biden's investment firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, exchanging more than... Sit down for this number. 1,000 emails with Joe Biden's office during his time as vice president. A complete and total lack of evidence. There was no evidence of any wrongdoing by President Biden. Archer revealed that the first son put then-Vice President Joe Biden on speakerphone more than 20 times during business meetings. I should point out. Now, it is important to keep in mind there's no evidence. No evidence. No actual evidence. No evidence. No, no evidence. evidence. They have yet to provide any hard evidence that the president himself has done anything wrong. And that's our free press. No evidence. And um, you, you, you listen to, to it, and it's just, they come off, you know, looking like fools. Now, the politicians, I, I get what they're doing. I mean, they're not going to come out and say, yeah, the guy's a complete douchebag, criminal man. Take him, take him away and impeach him. You know, they're going to they're gonna circle their wagons and, and deny, deny, deny. But um, so I, I expect that from the politicians. But any serious journalist that's just going to go out there and say whatever their editor tells them to do because their editor got the memo from the White House on what to tell his staff to say. Um, it's it's just pathetic. And, and I don't even, the only reason I watch mainstream and legacy media anymore, and I don't even, I never watch entire shows. I just look at clips and sound bites is because it is, it is to provide information to get out there to show people how ridiculous they are. I don't, I don't take them seriously. If I want serious news, I will go to, uh, one of a dozen podcasts I frequent on a regular basis. I will scour Twitter for stories and news because uh, Twitter is a good source of information and um, much more so. It's, it's hard as hell to break into um, as far as getting your numbers up. I, I, I think I finally Super hard. found the, I think I found the groove uh, just recently, uh, a, a way to do it. Uh, but obviously we know what our pains are with Facebook. I think we've both encountered <laughs> Uh, the the pushback as of recent, I, my my reach on Facebook was damn near a million people, and mm-hmm. uh, just over the course of one week, um, and and just some mundane posts. I, I I don't think anything inflammatory. There were times where I posted things like, ah, oh, I don't know if they're gonna like that, and they never said a damn thing. But when my numbers started get getting up there, when people yep. started paying attention. When I started having 100,000, 200,000 plus views on a post, now all of a sudden, every damn thing that I write is misinformation. And yeah, it's I just, not. it's funny you bring that up. I mean, I just, before we came on today, I, uh, I pulled up my stats just because I was curious. And um, and my, my reach and my, my interactions, both down 83% over the last 28 days. And this happened after I supposedly posted misinformation. I have no idea what it was because they won't tell me and there's no way for me to appeal it. But, you know, we've had that conversation on the side and I'm going to work on some things. But um, I don't have a lot of hope. I think, you know, it's a you know fastish book, as you call it. And you can't you can't pin everything in one basket because if they want to shut you down, they will. YouTube does the same thing. That's why uh, that's why we're on Rumble. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't even post and, my podcast on YouTube. 
No, I, 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 I that one, it, it wouldn't like, last long at all. <laughs> videos on YouTube and things like that. Like I'll, I'll react to like some Tom McDonald songs, just some funny things to, right. to try to get some attention. And then, you know, I, I'll point them to the rumble channel. I'll point them to my other uh, social media pages and things like that. But that's really all it's for. They, they yeah, the alternate, the alternate uh, economy, you know, people need to start going there, you know, look at, and you know, Hey, I always tell people, man, because people give this to me all the time. Well, Rumble's just a bunch of, it's just an echo chamber for conservative podcasts. No, it's not. Go there and search gardening. Go there and search cooking. Go there and search, you know, whatever you want. It's there. You know, you don't have, you can go there and get everything you can on uh, YouTube, except for maybe a lot of the large uh, musical artists. But, um, you know, so it, it is someplace that you can go where, where you can get a broader spectrum of information that's not being filtered through the liberal lens, which is what, which is what YouTube does, which is what Facebook does. And um, Twitter, to a smaller extent, although I think that Elon is having a hard time really getting a the, the corruption is so deep, and the algorithms are so complex that they're having a really hard time reining that in. And then he hires a CEO that is a WEF puppet. I mean, it's like, what what are you doing? What did you think was going to happen? Right. And um, so it looks like he's reengaging though with his. I, I, I look at you know, like the guy's the wealthiest guy in the world. He's got his little things up on the shelf, you know, his rockets and his Twitter and his, his different things. And so it looks like, it looks like he's pulled his Twitter toy back down off the shelf and is reengaging with, with his, you know, free speech um, mantra that he, that he said he was going to do when he bought it. And I hope, I hope that he does. He was at Eagle pass uh, a couple of days ago and, yeah. and did a, and did a, a, a show from Eagle, Eagle pass. He, I, I thought, yeah. I mean, here, here's a guy who's not even a politician, but he knows he has the ear. Uh, of a lot of people, so he he went down. There it brings attention life. to the. It brings attention to it, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I, and I love when I saw the 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 guys in Texas go ahead and snatch that damn flag down. Uh, that that those guys put up. How are you going to come to our country and say you want the freedom and all the things that we provide? You know that that opportunity, but you come here and plant the flag of the place you ran away from. I mean, it makes yeah, no and that's, damn sense to me at all. <laughs> And that's the thing. When you look at immigration and they, you know, they always like to, this country was built on immigrants. Yes, legal immigration. And there was a system. And in fact, there, you know what? There still is a system to immigrate to this country legally if you chose to just enforce it. And, and I don't have a problem with immigration at all. I think that most Americans don't. But it needs to be organized. And when people come here, they need to assimilate into the American society. They need to learn the language. They need to become part of the culture. They need to contribute to our economy and to our to our society as whole. And what you have now is people come in, they have no intention of being Americans. They're not going to assimilate into our culture or our society. In fact, they're going to actively fight against it. They say up to 30%, the numbers that you're you're seeing, add 30% onto that, and that's the, that's the gotaways that have gotten in without any, we don't know who they are, where they're coming from, what their intentions are. They're coming into this country. They're committing crimes. I'm sure there's terrorists sitting around probably in every major city of this country right now that have come across our border over the last couple of years just waiting for their marching orders to do damage to the homeland. And and it, it pisses me off when I start really thinking about what they have allowed to happen and continue to allow to happen. And their answer is not to close the border. No, their answer, more money for the border, yes, but only for the reasons of increasing processing capacity so they can process more people faster and spread them about the country to sow the chaos that I talked about earlier in the show. And um, it, it's it, it's something that needs to stop. We need Donald Trump in there. We need 
or Vivek or somebody. I don't think Ron DeSantis, although he talks tough, man, I am I'm scared to death if, if DeSantis somehow did end up in the White House, that he would be just another rhino that would bow to the deep state. He's already proven that he can be bought. And so what's going to happen when he gets into D.C.? I think he's going to. I'm not sure, but definitely uh, untrustworthy because just the way we yeah. did with Trump shows you who he is as an individual, shows you who he is as a person. He doesn't get there is one thing about Vivek. I, I was a Vivek fan, right? Still am to a degree of a Vivek fan. There was just one thing he did during that debate that just didn't sit right with me. Take a look, take a look at this. Tell me what you think. Really? Anyway. Yeah. I don't technology. Know yeah, doesn't matter. Technology. Essentially the moment <laughs> in the debate where he's sitting there and he's uh he states that uh yeah, we're, all the people on this stage are good people. The, the infighting in the party is not what it's about, and we need to unite and all this come together, kumbaya. Uh, that was a moment like he lost me in that moment. I, I just I couldn't believe it. Because we have Pence over there saying that Donald Trump was trying to make the federal government stronger and consolidate power and didn't even try to do anything about Obamacare. Uh, so it, it, he's a traitor, and he lied. You know, they, they try to say that... Uh, he was right. Well, I mean, I mean, in all in all fairness, um, you know, nobody's perfect. But Trump has also said that a lot of people are good people that yeah. are on the other side of the aisle and that aren't his friends. It's not enough um, to throw him away. It's not enough. It's not enough yeah. to throw him away. It was just a moment where I was like, "And eh, this this guy needs to be a little bit stronger than that." These people on that stage are not good people uh, at all. No. So that 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 was just something I I wholeheartedly disagreed with. But yeah. when you hear Pence say things that, that he said, and then people say, well, how many people would have or believe that what Pence didn't uh, or certified the election that he did the right thing? And when all those hands went up with the exception of Vivek, I knew that I knew that there was some mm -hmm. good there. When, when Vivek also stated that uh, that we are in a soft civil war right now and people need to acknowledge it and they, and they all tried to play it off and not not he tried to kind of skip over his statement and i was like wow finally somebody actually acknowledged what's going on um it just yeah, there were some there were some points i mean overall the debate this last debate was a complete train wreck um by the moderators and the candidates but um it, but there were some moments that came out you know one that really surprised me um that i was glad to see when they asked a ridiculous question all right if you're on the island who's getting voted off i'm like really and, and, and you know what? Ron DeSantis spoke up and showed me the first level of leadership on a national level I've ever seen from him and said, no, we're not going to do this. This is come on. This is childish. We're not, we can debate, but we're not going to sit there and, and write things down on a piece of paper like a reality show. And, um, and, and I was like, good for him. Man. That's the first piece of backbone I've seen from him mm -hmm. uh, since he started his campaign. Actually, <laughs> Right. Right. But, but, you know, when when you see when you see the level of uh, of the people that are actually bought off, right? There's only very few that really aren't, and none of those are in the none of those real ones that have a history of standing up for the country and doing the things that people wish politicians would do. None of those guys are running. You know, we don't see Jim Jordan, Matt Gaetz, no. you know, any of these. We don't see. I hope to God that at least one of them run after this go around i think a lot of them didn't want to go up against donald trump i mean i've been hearing talk of uh, matt gates running for governor down in florida 
That's that's what I just read. I just read. Yeah. It. You had a conversation with Matt Gates, I assume. You guys had a picture yeah. together up there. How did that go? Um, he's he's uh, you know he's a real guy. You know I you, you what you see is what you get. I mean he doesn't vary a lot. He is uh, he's super nice and he's relaxed. When I got to visit with him in a, a dinner environment in a you know where there was where there was food and there were beverages and and whatnot and and he got to let his hair down a little bit. He, he has nice hair by the way, better than mine. But um, he. Uh, and definitely better than yours, but um, he, uh, he he's super he's super nice, and um, and and his wife is just a gem. I mean, she uh, she's just uh, very personable, you know, easy to talk to. And I think people lose sight of the fact that you know a lot of these these guys um, and and gals are you know they're they're human beings, and they one of the things that uh, he talked about was how you know when people come in, I mean, to Congress, they get the talk. And, and the talk is, look, here, we did this study and this study, and we can get you this exposure and this money if you do this. And a lot of them, when they come in, they cave. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's sad, but, uh, but some of them don't. And Matt Gates is one. It goes further than that. Uh, and I, it, it, once again, at the risk of sounding conspiratorial, uh, you know who Jesse Ventura is, I, I gather. Yeah. Jesse Ventura said when he became governor of Minnesota, that um, immediately upon uh, becoming governor, he was ushered to a, a meeting or the room where he sat down with several CIA agents that all wanted to ask him a litany of questions about himself. Mm -hmm. And he said that uh, none of the people in the room would tell them who they were when he said, before we hold up, wait, before we even have this conversation, who are you? Let's go around the table yeah. and everybody tell me who they are he said they refused and he said well then i refuse to talk to you first of all the cia is not supposed to operate on american soil so what are you doing here? and who sent you here yeah. and all these things so um you know th there are things very very nefarious things going on within our country um and like you said we, we we talk about youtube and how we can't put certain things over there if you mention things like 2000 mules or whatever it's an automatic keyword yeah. you're done you're done. They're going to yeah. take you down. It's going to be a strike. If you try to refer to Dylan Mulvaney as a dude, which he is, uh, you're, you're going to be demonetized. Look what they did to Matt Walsh. Um, and then yeah. when Matt Walsh tried to put uh, uh, what is a woman on Twitter, um, it, it, Elon Musk had to personally get involved to allow the movie uh, to air on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the amount of power they exert and the social media exerts is just... It's unbelievable. Look what they're doing to Russell Brand. I mean, maybe he did do those horrible things. Maybe he is a despicable person. Russell Brand did an interview with Harari. and He's innocent until proven guilty, right? That's how this works. They're supposed to work, right? But when he's maybe at the time, he just needs to be given. He's got a space where he can defend himself. I mean, he's got plenty of people that are listening to him, me included. If he just he, he if he were to just come out there and say, "Hey, these were here's what happened, and this is why." Maybe I didn't know who necessarily know who Harari was when I interviewed him and I said those things, um, you know, anything like that. But when you leave people to come up or you know with their own assumptions as to you know, and and they, and they love doing that too, because I'm I'm mm -hmm. wondering right now what the hell Dana Perino was doing at that benefit one week before the uh, the debates. Uh, calling Hillary Clinton a good person on stage. 
And, right. And, and, I mean, and, and people, the, the problem is people believe this stuff before there's even any evidence out there of, of, you know, when these allegations come up, especially a decade or more later, I mean, there are still people out there believe that Brett Kavanaugh is a rapist. Yeah, because they don't they don't do that. They don't do their homework. They don't look into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a political nerd. I'm probably one of the only people you've ever met that have read the Patriot Act, the Victory Act, Patriot Act Two, and the addendums to the NDAA. People don't realize that there are laws on the books right now that allow the government to deem you as being unfit for society, meaning a the things that he's saying are so inflammatory that they're they border on him being a domestic terrorist. We go and arrest this guy. He never gets a trial. No habeas corpus. We either assassinate him or throw him in prison for the rest of his life. And we can absolutely keep it a secret that it was even us who took him. And that's in the yeah, well, look, it's in the NDAA. And, and, and Obama is the one uh, who, who wrote those addendums, literally. Well, and look, look at what they've done and continue to do to the J6 protesters. I mean, definitely there were some boneheads in that audience that crossed the line, for sure. But when you... When you have a, a, a system where they can just claim, oh, they're domestic terrorists, and then you can imprison them without due process, without a speedy trial, and, and keep them in there for going on three years now. Some of these people are sitting in that, in that uh, J6 gulag in Washington, D.C. I had the opportunity to, when I was back in D.C. at a fundraising event for Matt Gates and Joe Kent, um, I, I went down to the nightly vigil at the J6 Gulag in Washington, D.C. I met Ashley Babbitt's mom. We sang the national anthem, and the, pris the, the prisoners cover the windows with their blankets to, to, to signal that we hear you, we appreciate you. But these people are being held in solitary confinement for years without... It, and then when they do get tried and sentenced, the, the sentences are insane. I mean, you have people who are just walking around in there that are in prison for 15 years in a federal prison. That's not a cakewalk, man. No, it's it's not a cakewalk. Unfortunately, Dan, I, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't always a good guy. Uh, I understand the system all too well. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the ways that I came to be the person I am today was um, through a program, uh, through a guy that was actually pardoned by Donald Trump himself. John Ponder had a thing called for Hope for Prisoners, and mm -hmm. I went through it, and uh, it was it was a very enlightening program. I ended up meeting uh, a lot of the people Trump ended up pardoning, um, and you know it, it's it's a very good thing that he does, and he gets demonized all too much for being like racist or all of these things they try to try to you know label him as. But if they look at the prison reform bill that he signed, ninety seven percent of ninety seven percent of the people that were released. Uh, we're, we're African-American and huge bill and, and, and come on opportunity zones, uh, bringing industry back to the United States, the Abraham Accords, how they nominated him for the peace prize, which he didn't win, but Obama won it for being black on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Trump did a lot of, some of his legislation was great. Did he make mistakes? Sure. Did he surround himself and trust some people uh, that he probably should not have? Absolutely. But I think he knows that going in and that's why I'm really hopeful that's why i want him to be the guy because anybody else that gets in there you know whether it's vivek or, or de sanctus is going to have that same learning curve of what is the deep state who can i trust this and that donald trump knows who he can and cannot trust he knows how deep the swamp is now he he knows that he has to go in there and be a bowl in the china closet and guess what he only gets one term so he doesn't have to be a lame duck he can go in there he doesn't have to worry about getting reelected go in there and just do whatever he can where anybody else who goes in there, man, they're going to have to think about, oh man, I want eight years. 
And, um, and that, that's why we need Donald Trump. I, I'm still the number one Trump supporter. I, I plan on voting for him. And But at the same time, I still can appreciate the input of other candidates as long as they are being, uh, you know, America first and um, like Vivek. But I don't, um, he, he's, you know, he's young, man. He's super smart, sure. He's successful. Um, he's got some great ideas. But what we need and what this country needs right now is Donald Trump. It, it absolutely does need Donald Trump. And uh, I've I seen some of the other, I see when I seen Tim Scott go on The View, and I saw how he handled these guys on The View, and I thought, wow, this guy's presidential. I mean, he did well. He handled them really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I saw him on the in the debates, uh, I saw a different side of him. And when I saw him defending the Ukraine, the money going to Ukraine and all that. I, you lost I, me right there. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, you said you, you, you had an opportunity to talk to Ashley Babbitt's mother, and we were talking yeah. about the J6 thing. So I have friends that were there in the crowd and uh i i i they all say the same thing they weren't even there together <laughs> they were there you know different yeah. places, different places and all they said that the crowd was being agitated that there were there were there were police officers that were there just throwing tear gas into the crowd to agitate people now we see ray epps is finally being indicted on a misdemeanor one one misdemeanor <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that's like, hey, Ray, uh, I can imagine this whole conversation taking place with the FBI and Ray, who he was probably working for. Uh, we need to we need to give him a pound of flesh, dude. Um, how about we just give you a misdemeanor? We go put on a show. You won't do a day in jail. This sort of thing. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I imagine is taking place in the background because you've seen the video where he literally gave an order. He whispered to the guy right in his ear. Gave an order. And that, that whole crowd in the front there where those yeah. uh, guardrails were, were they just went to town on him. Nobody died that day as a result of anything a protester did. The only person who died that day uh, was as a result of the agitation of Antifa. Now, people don't realize that. What do you mean, Antifa? Both of the people on both sides of Ashley Babbitt that were there, that were busting out the window and hitting the window with the, with the helmet and the, and the wooden stick, they were hitting that window. Both of those people were Antifa, both of them. How hmm. do we know that for sure? Because they did their own podcast after the fact. And the one right. did an interview on CNN where they were asking him about what happened with Ashley Babbitt. And, um, he, <laughs> but they never asked him like, Hey, why were you there busting out the windows? And why did you sneak in wearing MAGA gear? And why did you sneak in changes of clothes? What were you doing? You know? Yeah. And why was, why was there a cop there uh, who, was not in uniform and couldn't be identified as a cop sitting there murdering an unarmed citizen, shooting them from behind in the neck. There was no threat to him at all. This person was no threat to this guy. He just flat out shot her. You know, he lost his cool, poor training, poor execution. And then he wasn't even held accountable. In fact, I understand he's now gotten a promotion. Yeah. She, I, I found that out from Ashley Babbitt's mom uh, herself who, who told me, yeah, he got, he's a captain now. Michael Bird is a captain. So yeah. he, there was, he didn't even have anyone in that room to protect because it had already been evacuated. Now, he, they're, they're in, here's the thing. Right prior to what she did, they were, there were two uh, Capitol Police officers standing in front of that door. The Antifa members walked right up to him nose to nose and said, either you move out of the way or we're going through you. And that's what he said to the police officer. And both of those police officers then proceeded to move out of the way because Antifa told them to move out of the way once they busted the hole in that in that window ashley babbitt did what she did and 
he shot without warning. But there were two Capitol Police officers standing right behind her to her right. And at any point in time, he could have stepped out and said, grab her, do whatever. And he didn't do it. Didn't do it. No warning, yeah. no nothing. Just shot. But we're supposed to believe that Jacob Blake was an overreach uh, uh, or abuse of power. We're supposed to believe that uh, Brittany Taylor was uh, an abuse of power. We're supposed to believe all of these things that they constantly uh, bitch about are, are abuses of power. But when it happens the other way, there's no reprimanding. There's no firing. There's there's promotions when it's OK to shoot uh, a white conservative. But damn it, if you do it, any uh, if you do it, any uh, if you shoot anybody on the other side of the aisle here, here's where we go. Hell, uh, 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 Rittenhouse shot. There are three liberals and and happened to be three criminals and one was a kitty diddler and they tried to throw this dude in prison and lied the most irresponsible uh reporting that I've ever seen the media do ever. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's just part of the whole corruption of the system. If and this goes some of this goes back to McCarthy. He promised to release the J six video, all of it, and still has yet to do it. And this is uh, I read a story this morning that. Um, they are actually going to try to replace him next week yeah. and they're going to try to replace him with one of his own aides and someone that's on his staff. And, um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm glad to see, even if they can't replace him, he needs to know that that, that is hanging there over his head. And we don't want to decapitate the leader of the house or the leader of the Republican party in the house. But at the same time, we need to have, we need to have consequences when people don't follow through with what they said they would. And they had a deal. McCarthy has reneged on it. He's not following through. And as a result, we have a house that has done basically nothing. Absolutely nothing. And now we're being, uh, having hundreds of millions of dollars of spending shoved down our throat due to him not keeping his word. Um, and, and when, when you're doing that, people don't realize it's like, uh, they try to demonize it. Well, they're trying to shut down the government. They're trying to strong arm uh, 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 us into signing these bills. And they want to lay all the blame at the feet of the Freedom Caucus. But the, the real blame lies with the people that won't just edit the bill and take the spending out. And due to the fact that Kevin McCarthy said there would be an up-down vote, an itemized vote for everything within bills that are presented in the House. And it's not happening. And yeah, th I think that is the reason why Matt Gates and the rest are are uh, being charged with uh, possible impeachment of uh, of the Speaker of the House. And I didn't know it was as soon as next week, but I, I like the swift action uh, without the long drawn out debate over whether or not we should take action, which is usually the case. It's posturing, talking about it, putting on a show, but nothing ever happens. So it'd be nice to see there are consequences for actions that take place. I want to play another clip for you. And this one is Jim Jordan actually detailing the scheme uh, that the Bidens are, um, that the Bidens are in the middle of. And he talks about a company called Blue Star. Now I've, I've studied this whole situation quite a bit, but I'd never heard of Blue Star until uh, this clip. Take a listen to this. Politician takes action that makes money for his family. And then he tries to conceal it. Never forget four fundamental facts. Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma, gets paid a lot of money. Hunter Biden's not qualified. Fact number two, to sit on the board. Not my words, his words. He said he got on the board because of the brand, because of the name. Fact number three, the executives at Burisma ask Hunter Biden to weigh in and help them with the pressure they are under from the prosecutor in Ukraine. 
Fact number four, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine on December 9th, 2015, gives the speech attacking the prosecutor that starts the process of getting that guy fired. Those facts, by the way, are consistent with what the confidential human source told the FBI and the FBI recorded in the 1023 form, the same form that the Justice Department didn't want to let this committee see. And all those facts, all of that was further confirmed yesterday with the information that the Ways and Means Committee released from the whistleblowers Shapley and Ziegler. Here's a communication from Hunter Biden to an executive with Burisma. Devin and I do feel comfortable with Blue Star strategy, the, uh, strategies and the ability of Sally and Karen to deliver. Hunter Biden put Burisma in, in touch with Blue Star strategies. What were they going to deliver? Well, that was in a communication released yesterday as well. U.S. officials in Ukraine and in the United States need to express support for Burisma and Nikolai Zalsevsky to the highest level decision makers, the president of Ukraine, the president's chief of staff, and the prosecutor general. That's what they were going to deliver. And were they successful? The interior minister confirmed that Zolachevsky is no longer wanted. We won in less than a year. Communications between the folks at Blue Star and Eric Sherwin, who was Hunter Biden's business partner. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, and it's good that these are getting, um, these things are getting exposed. It's, it's, uh, it, the impeachment inquiry is, is good, I think, for for several reasons. But primarily, and, and what what the people say, well, you guys keep having hearings and, and putting out strongly worded letters, but you're doing nothing. The fact is, there's really not a lot they can do. But what they can do is conduct these inquiries and these interviews and these investigations and get the information out there. So it's it's an exercise in exposing the corruption of the Biden crime family, amongst other things. And, and I think people need to, to then, then for people like us to run with it. Right. And, and that's what, that's what's happening. And that's, I think more and more people are becoming aware it's getting harder and harder to deny and, and buy into the whole, there is no evidence narrative that the legacy media wants to put out there. Yeah. I, I, then, I mean, a lot of them say, well, if Hunter, uh, was receiving this money and Hunter was doing these things, then that, that's Hunter's business. What's that got to do with Joe? That's Hunter. And that question was actually answered as well in this little short clip. This will be the last clip, but take a listen to this. Called his dad. That's what we're investigating. That's one of the three things Professor Turley talked about, the influence peddling scheme. I want to go to those three things, Professor Turley. False statements, influence peddling scheme, and Joe Biden might have benefited. Let's do the third one first. Is a benefit to your family? Can a benefit to your family be a benefit to you? It is. There's been a repeated statements that you need to show that that President Biden accepted direct money in order for this to constitute a benefit, even under under criminal cases that deal with bribery, extortion, the Hobbs Act. The courts actually have rejected that. They've said that money going to family members is, in fact, a benefit. And I don't really see any legal basis for that. Obviously, the strongest case is if you have a, a direct payment. But this idea that you can have millions going to a politician's family and that's not a benefit, um, I think is pretty fallacious. It's yeah. Illegal. Well, and you have on top of that, you have Hunter Biden saying uh, that he gives his dad half of his money. Right. That's right. If you've ever gone over the contents of that laptop, it's really interesting. Have you read Miranda the books? Uh, Miranda Devine. I have. And, yeah, and, absolutely. It's it's 
I mean, eye-opening. I, I suggest it to anybody. Uh, get it on Audible if you don't want to sit down and read the book and see the pictures. You can download the pictures later. But when the conversation between Jim Biden and Hunter Biden happens and he's essentially saying, hey, how bad is your dad's dementia? I don't worry. He has the Secret Service with him. And the one thing they are good for is they remember the address so they get him home. I mean, yeah, now Hunter Biden's attorneys are suing everybody for uh, disseminating information that was on the laptop that supposedly wasn't his. But now they're saying that Rudy Giuliani hacked the laptop and changed the contents of the laptop. And and, and he's also suing the IRS for releasing yeah. his personal information. Um, it, it's, it's very interesting, but I think there is more than enough evidence to uh, convict him on many things, including the FARA Act. The him saying that there are about five more boxes of uh, uh, documents that I know where they are. Contact Michelle and Barack and tell them Operation Crash and Burn is a go. All the way down to Biden actually threatening the life of the president of Ukraine, Poroshenko, at the time, yeah. if he didn't push the Pravat Bank to closure, which in which he held it withheld or said he was going to withhold the IMF loan as a result of not complying with that order, and said. Your personal, uh, is a, your your financial security as well as your physical security is at risk if you don't do it. What I'm saying, yeah, so like absolutely. And, and I think he will be convicted in the House. I think he will be impeached. Um, I don't think he will be convicted in the Senate, but um, but that's okay because man, Biden, understand this guy is a massive braggart. He is he is an extreme narcissist. He's, he doesn't care about anything. He doesn't even care about his son. He cares only about the damage that his son can do to his own reputation and legacy. So, if you know, fine. Yeah, let's impeach the bastard. Let's go ahead and put that black mark on him, and he can join the ranks of Nixon and Trump and Clinton and be one of the presidents that we've impeached. And uh, that will do more to, uh, of course, if he even remembers it at this point, right? He's got Swiss cheese for brains, but... Um, it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, by all means, That's impeach all... him. You know, play by the same rules. The Democrats started this bullshit, right. so... You know, play by the same rules and, yeah, impeach their guy for what I think is far more legitimate uh, crimes than what they did to Trump, of course, right? Yeah, I mean, actually, everything that they did to Trump was exactly what they impeached Trump for was Biden's crimes. Literally, literally were Biden's crimes. Let's uh, is like blame, blame your enemy for what it is you're actually doing all plays right out of the communist handbook. Um, and it, it's, yep. it's, it's not going to get any better. Well, Dan, I appreciate you joining me today, brother. I really do. I know this was a, a long time coming and I appreciate you taking the time, uh, you know, much luck to you. And if I can ever be of any assistance to you, uh, please just reach out, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we'll do this again. Um, if, if you could catch me on uh, rumble.com slash the Nun report or on all the socials at the Nun report, except for TikTok because I don't do that commie stuff. But um, maybe I will one day. I don't know, man. Um, seems like it's another outlet to get information out to people, especially the younger generation. But um, anyway, yeah, hey, thanks for having me. It's been a good conversation and we should do this again. I appreciate it. And as usual, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent. Stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast.